name of this program Peniel or Penuel. They are all the same. It means the encounter that happened in which a man of God said, I have seen the face of God. And it was as a result of prayer, encounter with God. He held on to God till daybreak. We can't see the move of God until we have waiting strength to wait on God. It is not easy to wait, but we must learn to wait. Amen. And we wait on God in prayer. Somebody shout prayer. As I always say, prayer doesn't make sense, but it works. It doesn't make sense, but it works. That makes God sovereign. Amen. Tonight, I want us to turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And the verse number 27 to 33. chapter 4, verses 27 to 33. The background to this very verses of scripture was that John, the apostle, and Peter, the apostle, in obedience to the instructions of Jesus Christ, had gone preaching the gospel, and the Bible says that when it was time for them to go to a place of prayer, as they went to the temple area to pray, they found a man who was crippled. He was born that way, crippled. He's not been able to walk. And the Bible says that he has been placed there by his friends or family or people that work with him in some parts of Africa. There are some people who are physically challenged. They are lame, but they don't want to be healed. They make money from it. So they've got other people whose job description is to carry them to the roadside and use them to ask for money. And so this sometimes, this may be going, this man is brought into the temple area all the time and he begs for money. So sometimes if they were sitting at the train station, they'd be saying, any change? And then we drop some coins. And this time when they got to the tent of Peter and John, as they came along, he asked them for something. And Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So the man wants money, but God knows he needs healing. There's a difference between want and need. If I ask you that you want an aeroplane, I'm sure you will say yes. But you don't need it today because you don't even have anywhere to actually park it. You don't have what it takes to pay a pilot. To buy aviation fuel. So the wants of humans are unlimited. But the needs of men must be by common sense, by vision, and by conviction. 
If they continue to give him money, he will continue to remain there. But God knew that if he gets his ankle bones straightened and he could walk, he could learn a trade, go to school, learn something, and be on, on his own and become excellent in life. God gives us what we need, not what we want. And so the Bible says when Jesus, Peter said, what I have is what I give. Tonight, may there be Christians in this place who have Jesus and the Holy Spirit that when the needs of the world are presented to them, they present Christ to them. I don't have silver and gold, but I have something more than silver and gold. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says the man got up and started jumping and limping. And the scripture says, instead of people being excited about it, the most religious group of people decided to arrest apostles. These guys, these Pharisees and chief priests, they have been presiding over the temple area for all this while, and this guy has been sitting there. When somebody full of the Holy Ghost comes to make the man walk, they arrest them. For what crime? Jealousy. May you not be jealous of the giftings of anybody here. Are you here? If our church will grow and if your ministry will develop, take jealousy out of you. Because you didn't produce the gift. It is the giver of the gift who gave you the gift. So there's no need for me to really have a sleepless night and try to sabotage you because you have something I don't have. You didn't create the gift you have. God gave it to you. So the moment I become jealous of you, I'm actually fighting God indirectly and I kill every potential in me to walk in any grace. So let there be no spirit of envy and jealousy. When we don't have that, God freely works in us. That's what makes him God. He's not a one-way God. He's a God of diversities. That's why he created all of us uniquely and differently. He could have just created all of us to look the same, isn't it? But if we all look the same, we will easily be defeated by the enemy. That's why COVID is still around. It refused to stay the same. It keeps changing itself in various variants. Mutating so that you can't easily, by the time you are planning to finish with Delta 1, Omicron has shown up. So now you're going to take another year to figure things out. In the, by the time you are trying to figure out Omicron, Omicron 3 has also shown itself. So it's the same thing. God creates different things so that we can be strong. So we will all have different gifts within the house so that the house will be strong. If you try to be like another person or want to be jealous of another person's gift, you are destroying the strength of the house. So the Bible says these men were arrested and then they were brought before the council and then they were commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. They shouldn't preach in this name. This name that has actually cured what you guys couldn't handle for all these years. He said nobody should speak in this name nor preach. And the Bible says that after they gave this order, they whipped the apostles and sent them away and told them, don't go and preach in this name again. What a law. 
And so the Bible says, whilst the opposition was against them, people who should know God are the ones who are fighting the church. Many times, it is not unbelievers who fight the church. It is people who claim to go to church are the ones who fight the church. Sometimes it's another church fighting another church. Yeah, it's another church that undermines another church. Tell somebody, that means it's very, very frightful. It's a God word. <laughs> it's strange. But that's the thing. It's the chief priests. The old King James says, and they laid hands on the apostles. Under normal circumstances, when we lay hands, there should be healing. But they arrested them rather. When they lay hands, it was rather bringing imprisonment. They were just religious, carrying no power. And when people are religious and they carry no power, they become jealous of those who carry power. Because they don't want to pay the price for the anointing. The price to pay for the anointing is prayer. And prayer doesn't come cheap. You need to pay the price in prayer. You need to wait in prayer. You need to learn to stay in the place of prayer. Tonight, in a few hours, we will stay before God in prayer. See, if you want to touch the glory of God, you can't pray fast food prayers. You just seen the food. Blessed, blessed. Start eating. Quick one, quick one, and we are just going. No, sometimes you stay in the same place for hours, and then heaven opens. Because every statement of prayer, when you are deeply in prayer and praying properly, it is tearing something down in the realm of the spirit. There are deep things in the spirit. And when we pray, we don't know exactly what we are doing, but we are dealing with stuff. Now, the Bible says, when they were warned not to preach anymore, they came and they were released. They came to their own people. They came to the church. And they told the members of the church what has happened. And as soon as they told the church what has happened, instead of crying, weeping, complaining, attacking, they resorted to prayer. And so the Bible says they began to pray. Maybe let's take it from the verse number 26. Or let's please go up to 23. Fine. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priest, have you seen chief priest has warned people not to preach in the name of Jesus? It's not everybody carrying an ecclesiastical title who is actually working with the Holy Ghost. It's not everybody who is called Reverend Doctor who is actually Reverend Dean Proper. It's not everybody carrying title Archbishop who is actually full of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this one is chief priests and elders. They said they should not preach in the name of Jesus. And then the Bible says, so when they heard that, when the church heard the threat against the church, they came together in a prayer meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, when we see a threat against the call of God on our lives, we don't go on demonstration. We go into prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. We go into prayer. 
We don't go into philosophical arguments. We go into neology. You know knee? Yeah, knee, neology. You kneel and pray. <laughs> you are getting the revelation now. You go on your knees. Being on your knees is neology. <laughs> so when they heard that, they raised their voice to who? To who? With one accord and said, this were the prayer topics. Prayer must be said. Are you here? Jesus said, whatever you desire, when you pray, say. When he was asked in Luke 11, teach us how to pray. Say, when you pray, say. So when we pray, we must say the prayer. You must speak it out. The Bible says, and they raised their voice and they said, Lord, you are God. Who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they began the prayer with worship. This is how apostles prayed. This is how the people of God, those who walk with Jesus, this is how they pray. That means they saw him pray like that. That's how we also pray like that. You pray the scriptures, but you start it off. The same thing he taught us that what we call the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you start it, say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is worship. It can be one minute, it can be two minutes, but you don't start any form of prayer without thanking God for it and honoring him first. So they started off by, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth. Did you see they didn't start it to fire, burn them? No, they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth. There has been a threat, yet they were not bothered about that. We must honor him first. Praise him first. Hallow his holy name first. Who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. This is praise to God. Ascribing to God who he is. The glory that is due him. And the Bible says, then they also went on to verse 25. And now after worshiping, then they move on to quote a scripture. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said. So they started praying. Their prayer topic was rooted in the word of God. If you want to have a very effective prayer life, you must have an effective Bible reading life. Because the powerful way to pray is to pray God's word back to him. When your spirit man is loaded with the word of God, the Holy Ghost has enough to do battle with. You become powerful as far as the quantity of the word of God in you. And then the Bible said, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage? Exactly what they were praying was from Psalm 2. Word for word. You see, so after they have praised they prayed the scriptures. If you don't know the scriptures, you have a powerless prayer life. Because the word of God contains the mind of God and the promises of God. And the scripture says in Jeremiah 1.12 that he watches over his word to perform it. So you pray his word and God will move by his word. So the Bible says they prayed Psalm 2. So when we are praying, we say, Ten, let's pray from this scripture. We are following this exactly how the apostles prayed. And so they prayed and said, you said in your word, in the book of Psalms, sometimes they'll say David. When they say you said in David, they are referring to Psalms. And it says, why did the nations rage the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And then they went on to say, verse 27, for truly against your holy servant, 
Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, have gathered together to do whatsoever your hand determined to do before the time. And then the Bible says, now, Lord, after they have lifted the scripture, then now they contextualize the prayer. So every scripture, we now begin to contextualize or personalize it to the situation. So they said, Lord, it is you who said that. Why are the nations raging and the people imagine a vain thing? Why have they gathered against your servant? And so because some people have gathered against you, he said, now, Lord, behold their threats or look at their threats and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we will preach your word. By stretching out your hand, that signs and wonders be performed in the name of your holy son, Jesus. They said, grant unto us that with all boldness, we will preach your word. Take note of their prayer topics. They ask, first of all, that they will receive boldness to preach the word. And then they moved it up to say, that boldness will come. When God stretches his hands to work miracles, signs, and wonders. You see, people become emboldened to do the work of God when they see movements of God. When they see miracles. When they see miracles. Assuming that the university comes now to say, nobody should preach in the name of Jesus on this campus. Nobody should preach. If you dare, you're going to jail. Or you're going to lose your ability to continue your course. Let's assume they say something like that. And then they also went on to say, look, all the religions, they are the same. There's no difference between Jesus Christ and any other person. And stop these things on this campus. But then having, the, having said that, let's say that we, we gather in a room privately and pray, Lord, do something about this matter. And then, probably maybe 24 hours later, news comes that the, one of the senior lecturers or the chancellor or the vice chancellor, the provost, you know, had collapsed. And he's not able to breathe well. He's not able to talk. Nothing happens. And then Abishai goes there with some Gadites, say, just give us an opportunity to just pray. So when people are in trouble, they say, okay, well, we'll try your God. And then suddenly, one touch of prayer, the man stands up and starts talking. I tell you, it will embolden you to come out now. You realize that? When anything supernatural happens, this, this man could not talk. Now he begins to talk because protons went to pray. It will give us boldness to do some things on this campus. Because it will silence the critics. They can't do anything about it. The, the manifestations of power can't be argued against. It gives you confidence to want to go out and do something again. Because you are seeing the supernatural hand of God that can't be argued against. That's exactly what happened here. If we had read from the beginning, you will see that the Bible says that they told, they, they, when the council met, they first of all kicked the apostles out and they had a meeting and they said, indeed, a notable miracle had been performed. And we can't argue against it. It's so obvious. So let's call them secretly and tell them not to preach in this name again. That's all. Because as for the public one, everybody who was around the square, they saw what happened. So we can't fight against that one. 
you can shut down some doctrine from some people, but you can't shut down the power of God. When the power of God begins to move, even Satan recognizes it. So the Bible says, and when they had prayed, and says, so therefore stretch out your hand to heal. If there were healings taking place, you will become very bold to do more for God. And the Bible says, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Take note of what they prayed about. They prayed for boldness. Then they also prayed that signs and wonders will be performed so that it will help them to become more bold. Then the Bible says, when they had prayed, somebody say, when they had prayed. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with signs and wonders and miracles. Is that correct? What were they filled with? I, I thought they asked God for all these things. They want boldness. They want signs, wonders, and miracles. God answered the prayer by giving them Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is everything. When you have the Holy Spirit, that's all. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the master key. But if you have so many keys, when a thief is following you to your house or they are chasing you, you don't even know which one to open because you'll be panicking. But when you have only one master key, that's all that you need. You just get there, one touch, you are in. But you've got a lot of keys. Now, which one is this? You're just struggling. You just need one key. So they ask for so many things, but God knows that in the Holy Ghost is everything. So he gave them the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a continuous infilling with the Holy Spirit. In chapter 2, they have all been baptized with the Holy Ghost. They were speaking in tongues. Chapter 4, they prayed again and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the side effect was that and they preached the word of God with all boldness. They preached with all boldness. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight, fill me with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. I desire the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Thirty-three. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. Hallelujah. If we go back to the 29. Okay, 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaking. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. That means that it was the presence of the Holy Spirit that enabled them to speak the word of God with boldness. The Holy Spirit is all that you need. Amen. And one of the atmospheres to create for the movement of the Holy Spirit is a spirit of forgiveness. Tell somebody forgiveness. 
Let me end with one scripture so it doesn't become a teaching service because I want us to pray. Mark 11. And whilst we are moving and looking for Mark, I just want to introduce my heartbeat. My one and only. She's the only mosquito in my net. And I keep telling her and God that if loving her was a mistake, I don't want to be corrected. If loving her was a mistake, I don't want to be corrected. I want to keep on making that mistake. Hey, Charlie. Are we in Mark? All right. Mark chapter 11 and the verse number 24. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, listen, who is talking here? When Jesus is speaking, you must take him seriously because he's the one who answers prayer. Anytime you are reading the Bible and studying about prayer and looking at prayer being taught by Jesus, take it very, very seriously. Because when Paul teaches prayer, I take him serious, but there is a caveat. He doesn't answer prayer. When David teaches prayer, I take it seriously. But there's a caveat. David doesn't answer prayer. But when Jesus teaches prayer, I take it to another level because the one teaching the prayer is the one who answers the prayer. So he is teaching us the dynamics and the technicalities of how prayer must be answered and prayer must be prayed. And so he teaches here and says, therefore I say to you, I love it when Jesus said, I say to you, Hallelujah. I am saying to you, if Jeremiah would have said, but now I say to you, whatever, somebody say whatever. whatever. See, whatever means whatever. Whatever means whatever. Shed, shoot, singlets. Brazilian hair. Peruvian hair. Babies, marriages, whatsoever things you ask when you cry. What did he say? When you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Then having told us whatever we want, whatever we desire, whatever it is when we ask in prayer, we will receive, he goes on to show us something. Then he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. The one who answers prayer is teaching you there is an obstacle to his ability to answer your prayer. 
It is called unforgiveness. He said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, it's not, he didn't say, when your brother has anything against you, no, you have something against someone, forgive him. So that your father in heaven will also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. This one came from Jesus. It's not in the Daily Mail. It is not an imagination from another philosopher. This is from Jesus, the one who answers prayer. He says, whenever you stand praying and you have anything against anyone, because you are the one doing the prayer. If someone has something against me, I don't know about it. I don't know about it. I am dealing, God is dealing with me. If I'm holding anyone in me, scripture is saying it goes nowhere. We'll just be shouting and making noise. We'll just be in a room and believe we have come to wait on God and it goes nowhere. It's like when we were in secondary, when we were in university, or even in sixth form, from sixth form to uni, when it's time for exams, you know some people want to be in the library and they are just, they have the books and they're just inside the books and they are concentrating on it. But sometimes it's just a show off. You know, it's 100% concentration, 0% absorption. He's just concentrating, yes, and he's highlighting and highlighting and highlighting. And then you ask, you ask a question, it's just, oh, come on, he's just highlighting. <laughs> His mind is somewhere else. It's just Joe in prayer. It's just impressive. You just want to impress people, impress the Joneses. So he's just, everybody is gone there at 7 p.m., so I'm also going to the library. When you are not a library person, identify yourself and just sleep in your room at the time and get up at the time your capacity is available to study. It's not by force to go to the library. All of us are not the same. Me, I'm not a library person. When I was in university, when they see me in the library, after some time, you know, after you stayed in uni for a while, your friends get to know you. They know that when this guy comes in here, he's coming to cause mischief. He's coming to distress. So he's just coming to disturb everybody. He has gained his capacity already. Because from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., I don't study. This mind don't study anything. It can pray and do stuff, but it doesn't study things. Yeah. So most of the time, from 6 o'clock, I may be sleeping. They won't see me. They say, hey, it's not serious. Me, I'm not serious. I'm conserving energy. <laughs> when I get up at 11 p.m., it goes all the way to 5. That's it. So after you've done your prayer, sleep. If there's no lectures, it's exam week, revision, I sleep. Then I get up again. I know my time. From 12 in the afternoon or 1, I can go all the way to 5. That's it. I know my readings for the day. I'm finished. So if you're expecting me in library to come and impress you, no. I won't be there. Be yourself. Hallelujah. Be yourself. So when we come together like that, and we are praying, and we are shouting, and we are holding on forgiveness, it's not going anywhere. Church, tonight, the one who answers prayer is the one teaching us this. 
He said, whatsoever you need, you can pray and have answers. But I'm telling you, there is an obstacle. He's the one who answers prayer. He says, but then, and whenever you start praying, Anytime you stand praying, and it, I won't spend all the time, but anytime you read about Jesus teaching prayer, watch him. Anytime he teaches prayer, he brings in forgiveness. Even when he taught us the Lord's Prayer. Remember, he had prayed for some time, and his disciples watched him and said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Then he says, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Worship. That thing we call the Lord's Prayer, Technically, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It is the model prayer the Lord set for us. In actual fact, we are not supposed to be repeating it. It's a model. It's a framework by which we pray. So he starts us off by telling us, when you start, hallow the name of the Lord. Seek his kingdom first, so his kingdom come. Then you now move on to your own prayer request. Give us today our daily bread. Then, needs. Then he goes on to say, forgive us our trespass. As we forgive. You see the thing? Just as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive those. Forgive me in the same way I forgive those who trespass against me. He introduced the same forgiveness right there. Before you ask him to deliver you from evil, he said, make sure that you are, you are clearing that path. Are we here today? Uh, is this all right? Okay. It shall be well. In Jesus' name. I'm planning some powerful Easter weekend for us. The Easter Saturday. It's a protons retreat. That we will pray, but we will learn a lot. We will do the whole day. Amen. Hey, are you ready? All right, okay. So Jesus said, we will pray, but forgiveness must be so important. Can you release people from your heart? Amen. Release them. You see how powerful Jesus is? And the same things he teaches, he practiced it. He knew something about that. Check him out. The first statement he made on the cross to make sure that the crucifixion and the resurrection will be possible was that, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. What are you talking about? If it is you, my God, you know what they were doing. The people just slap me. You are telling me they don't know what they were doing. They spat into my face. You tell me they don't know what they were doing. They just threw a spear to my side. They whipped me in the, at the back. They have mocked at me and put a crown of thorns on my head. And I go to the cross and my first statement with some of the spittles still drooling in his face, with blood coming out with all these fixed thorns, fixed on his head, going through the tissues with blood coming out. And it's so painful, he can't even clean it. You know, when, when, something, when something's going to your tissues, you feel like you can even actually scratch it a little bit to get some relief. These hands that will scratch is nailed. So some of the spittle will still be in his face. And it's a degrading thing to do to a human being. And with blood coming out of all these tissues that were, have been pierced by nails and by thorns. And with the beatings at his back. Church, it was in the cane. The ones that your 
some of your parents brought from Africa that they used to discipline you when you were little children. <laughs> not those ones. These ones, that's why the Bible says, by his stripes, they were healed. These are not zebra crossing stripes. These are serious wounds caused by the whips. The Romans were masters at torture. And the one whip, when they have the whips, it has like 40 fingers. You know, it's like pieces of it. And at the edge of it are pieces of stones, broken bottles, and metals. So when it touches his flesh, it tears it off. And he receives another one. He got 40 of that at his back. And with all that pain in him, and having nailed him to the cross, and with the spittle into his face, and with the blood coming, and they lift it and he had to walk. So the hand, you know, just dropped with that weight. And with the nail in, you know, if you drop like that, it will, it will shift a little bit. The pain in all of this, if it is you and I, it shall be let there be some thunder and curses on these people. <laughs> but his first statement was, Father, forgive them. They know not what they were doing. As if he knew that he can't take unforgiveness to the grave because it won't bring the resurrection. May God help you tonight that your resurrection is linked to your ability to forgive. The power of your prayer is linked to your ability to forgive. I don't know who offended you, hurt you, wounded you. Ladies and gentlemen, drop them. Leave them alone. Let God deal with them, but move on. So that your prayer doesn't become just an exercise of breathe in, breathe out. Because what's the point? And it's not going anywhere beyond the ceiling. Because the main thing blocking you is the unforgiveness. And God can't do anything about it. He has told you what to do. Tonight, that's what he sent me. We will pray. But I want you, before we start praying, release anybody. Release them. See, the heart is too delicate an organ to toy with. And we don't have enough room there to be keeping people there. Please raise the rent and kick them out. You are accommodating people in your heart that they are not, they are living there rent free. And the only thing they do there is to remind you of the hurt they cost you. Kick them out. Kick them out. Increase the rent by adding forgiveness. You kick them out. Kick them out. Because I want my prayer to be answered. I don't want to spend three hours in an exercise which will be in futility. All that men will applaud you for is that he, he, he waited, they waited for three hours. It's cost 90. You know cost 90? Those mathematics. Cosine 90. Cosine 90 is zero. We don't want to have zero experiences. I want to have a real touch of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
I'm just warming up because one of these Tuesdays, I'm going to show up in your house fellowships one of these days. <laughs> Don't worry, okay? God is on your case. Be at peace. Be at peace. Be at peace. Tonight, I want you to lift your voice and pray. There are people here who are hurt by people. Drop them. In Jesus' name. Drop them so that you can live. Because as you keep them in there, it's taking a long time. When you see them, your blood pressure goes up. Your heart rate beats faster. And when you remember what they have done, you feel like vengeance. If you commit what they have committed, you are just like them. But you must take a higher ground. And God, Jesus said, if you want your prayer answered, forgive. Forgive that father. Forgive him. Forgive that mother that hurt you. Forgive. Now, it doesn't mean that, you see, many people think forgiveness means that I'm going to give my head to you again. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Forgiveness is mandatory. Trust must be earned. Forgiveness, God says, forgive. So I've forgiven. I've taken it out of my heart. I know people say, me, I will forgive, but I won't forget. It is an indirect way of saying, I will not forgive. Because we want to hold our ground. Our memories are fine. But if God continues to do that, none of us can stand before him. The Bible says, if the Lord shall count iniquity, who shall stand? That's why he says, when I forgive you, your iniquities I no longer remember. How can God say he can't remember? Because he's not going to hold it against you in the original context in which you did it. So some people, they will apologize. Some will not apologize. Grow up and understand there are some creatures in the face of the earth. Not everyone can be like you. One of the reasons why we get hurt is that we think everyone is like us. So they should all behave like us. They won't. And if you keep on holding them there, you will continue to be yesterday. Because the thing happened yesterday. The longer you keep that person in your heart that way, you are living in the period that the thing happened. So we may be in 2022, but you are you alone, you are still in 2020. But tonight your prayer must be answered. And going forward, please, your prayer must be answered. We can't waste time in prayer. That's why these days a lot of churches wait, spend a lot of time in prayer and 21 day fastings and nothing seems to have moved because the same people pray in the same room this one hates the other person and we are harboring things against ourselves and the devil is freely walking among us because we can't bind him we can't bind any demon they are just laughing at us but tonight let there be an end may we be a powerful group of people who understands the power of forgiveness. Jesus went to the cross. If you forget anything I say tonight, remember what he did. With all that, his first statement on the cross, Father, forgive them. You see, one of the greatest signs that you are forgiving is your ability to pray for those you claim you are forgiving. 
if you can't pray for them, it's a sign that the thing is still there. Pray for them. That's why Jesus said, pray for them. Pray that it shall be well with them. No, you do the prayer. God will determine the answer. He's a righteous judge. Don't take his place. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So let him, but you carry on with your life. Because anybody you are keeping inside you, you realize that you are not making progress. You are not making progress. And unforgiveness produces diseases. People have heart diseases because somebody has anointed so much their blood pressure went up. When you die, you die alone. That person is walking somewhere free. He doesn't even know that you are angry at him or her. Even if they know, they are not upset to the level that you are, you are. And you are killing yourself. You get so angry that you can't even breathe well. They have to, they have to cool you down. Ah, come on. Are you snow? That they have to thaw you. You have become so like ice that they have to thaw you. Keep you in a microwave. And your friends, your friends come around and say, calm down, cool down. <laughs> Look at that. You have become like fire. Because someone has annoyed you so much. Your blood pressure has gone up. Your breathing rate, everything has gone so high. You may die. And that guy will be walking free. One day I told the lady, I said, listen, if the, since the man is, is, is cheating, he's chasing other women, I said, listen, he's committing adultery. I said, listen, 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 listen. You can't fight anybody. So I'm going to call her and insult her. I said, if you call her, she will insult you back. I don't understand women. Listen, if your spouse or your husband or whoever is seeing another person apart from you, don't call the lady. You have no business. If you present yourself, she will dress you well because the first thing she will say is, if, if you are that important to the guy, why was he coming for me? You advise yourself. Is this what I want to live with or not? Then you move on. But don't put yourself in this foolish situation. You are so precious to allow another lady to just bring you down. And you are just angry and you are just boiling. You are going to fight. You are going to fight for what? Over a man? Ah! Anyway, let's pray before the message changes. <laughs> and we get so angry. We just you are angry. Listen, you can't force a woman to love you. And you can't force a man to love you. So please don't kill yourself over these things. So I told her, I said, Luz, listen, and she's not eating. I said, if you die, when you are eating, all right, he is seeing somebody else. If you die, visa approved. He's still going to go. So why do you want to die in this matter? And grow lean. And have bulimia. And all kinds of foolish diseases. Ah. If the person will cheat. When you have got Brazilian hair. He will cheat. When you start looking lean and lanky. And not beautiful. He's still going to cheat. 
It's even going to empower him not to love you and go on. So don't grow lean because of that matter. Be yourself. Forgive. Pray. Let your flesh come on yourself. And look good. Get up in the morning. Make up. Dress up and just go on. Forgive. Tell somebody forgive. Lift your voice and begin to talk to God shortly. Don't command any demon. Talk to, your, talk to God now. And say, Lord, forgive me. And then begin to look. You know your heart. You know who you are holding that grudge against. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. I don't know, but that's how God sent me tonight. Some of you, all that you need to hear tonight is this very pit. Because that's where your breakthrough lies. It may be a friend. Don't keep them in you. It may be a sister. It may be a brother. It may be a father, a mother, an auntie. Listen, some people have done stupid things. Some people have done very hateful things to you. Some people have spoken words to you that they shouldn't speak. But don't dwell in it. Jesus said, the key to your prayer being answered is that you must release someone. That's why I don't want you to just shout at anything, but be yourself. If, if you want to pray, if you want to move away from wherever you, who has, you are sitting by, you want to talk to God, you know, mention the name of the person and ask God, Father, today, because of your word, I forgive this person. Some of you too, you must talk to God and say, Lord, help me to forgive. I find it very difficult to forgive. Please help me. Help me. Help me to forgive that brother, that sister, that one in church, that one outside church. That my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters. The one I was in a relationship with, the one I'm in relationship with. Oh, Spirit of God. Break hearts tonight so that their prayer will come up to you as a memorial. Tonight, Lord, leave no one out. Tonight, Lord, let this word draw them properly to that place of prayer. Sometimes I ask the Holy Spirit to remind you because sometimes we, we, have, we are sinning but we don't know because we held somebody in a grudge and then we think we have forgotten but actually anytime that person's name is mentioned we become very, very upset and furious and we continue to hold things in us. Don't let the devil cheat you. He knows he's been a master at this game. He has a way of bringing the fresh memories and making you feel you have a strong point and a strong case. I'd rather be foolish to obey the word of God than to be wise in my own eyes. I won't let the devil make me wiser by thinking I have to hold my ground. I will avenge myself. Jesus. Somebody talk to God. Some of you as you are talking to God. I see like a duck Thick smoke coming out of your chest. Some of you, as you genuinely pray this, your deliverance has started. The Holy Ghost cannot stay in unforgiving hearts. It can't. 
Spirit of God, help me to overcome those words that get repeated in my ears because someone abused you verbally, used words, unprintable words, words that continue to hurt your soul. But Jesus has come into this house tonight. And he wants to answer your prayer, but he's teaching you how to pray. It's not we shouting at him, it is the state of heart. Jesus. Feel me, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Forgive us. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for forgiveness. Release that brother. Call that person by name. Release them now. Say, Lord, I release this person. I will not hold on to this grudge. Satan, you can't keep me in this place. I will believe the Lord Jesus Christ. I will believe Jesus Christ. He said I should forgive. He said I should forgive. One day he was teaching, he said, if you are praying and you remember your brother has offended you, leave the gift at the altar. Leave the prayer and go and make peace before you continue. Jesus is the one teaching again. The obstacle to a prayer life is what he sent me tonight prophetically to help you. I don't want you to waste your time in a prayer meeting where your prayer is going nowhere. Healing is beginning. May God give you a mind like Jesus. Say, Father, forgive them. As if he knew that if he didn't forgive, probably it may affect his power to resurrect from the dead. Father, forgive them. May you have the ability to pray for those who have offended you. May the devil not be able to hold anything against you in the realm of the spirit. You may have been disappointed, but God is a God of appointment. Spirit of God, let me now namasubata. As they pray for forgiveness, give them a forgiving heart. Tonight, Lord, Holy Spirit, give them a forgiving heart. Holy Spirit, give them a forgiving heart. Holy Spirit, give them a forgiving heart. Somebody pray, Holy Spirit, give me a forgiving heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus, continue to pray. Transform my heart, Lord. Heal me, heal me, heal me, somebody. This is the beginning of the encounter with God.